Hey friends, it's Cody Monkman here, and I am so glad that you are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. Hey, this is a podcast where we don't preach. Our conversations open up more dialogue on Sunday's sermon, tackle current and local faith topics, and upcoming activities at First Christian Church in Clinton, Illinois. You can find this podcast on our website at www.clintonfcc.com or a link to each podcast on our church Facebook page. And again, hey, we are so glad that you are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. And now, for your Monday Recap. Hey friends, Cody Monkman here. I'm the Minister of Students at First Christian Church in Clinton. And we started the Monday Recap Podcast in December of 2016, uh, kind of as a trial run. And in the month of December, we had just a shy of 300 downloads, uh, which is very encouraging, uh, not having really any expectations as to what the listening base would be. And going into January 2016, so far this month, we have had 46 downloads of the podcast. And I've mentioned several times that uh, when it comes to this new podcast and media, uh, it is crucial that our audience base continues to grow. Um, because here's the deal. If no one's listening, we're all just wasting our time. So I want to continue to encourage those of you who uh, check into the Monday Recap Podcast, whether it is uh, subscribing through iTunes Store or uh, finding us on our uh, Clinton FCC website, which is www.clintonfcc.com on the media page. Um, Whether you're listening there or iTunes, Uh, If you could share a link on your social media, and here's the thing, we're going to kind of make a little game out of this. Uh, I am looking for those of you who listen to make a post on Facebook with a link to this podcast, whether it's a link from the iTunes store or our church uh, website, and use the hashtag, the Monday recap. So hashtag, the Monday recap and see how many likes and comments you get. Um, I will click on that hashtag at the end of this week, and the one who has the most likes and comments from different people um, will get a free Dairy Queen gift card. That's right, Dairy Queen gift card. And if you uh, have been around Dairy Queen lately, they got that $5 lunch special, so it's perfect for your workday lunch. So we're going to make a little game out of this. Go online, find the link to the Recap Podcast, and post that onto your Facebook page. And this week, I will uh, click on that hashtag. And those of you who have made a link with the most interactions with it, you're going to get a free little gift card to the Clinton Dairy Queen. So um, let's kind of make this a little competition and have fun with it uh, while we are also learning a lot more about the sermons here at FCC Clinton. That's all. Um, It's been really fun. I hope you've been enjoying listening to these podcasts and learning more about uh, the sermon from the previous Sunday and also just kind of getting a little peek into the personal life of uh, our pastor, Greg Taylor. And I suppose me, sometimes I share things, Um, although I would not say the things that I share are really that intriguing. Um, This is really all about uh, learning more from Greg. So um, thanks for listening to the podcast. And we will go ahead and roll into episode seven, uh, where we are talking about the mission of the church. If you were at FCC Clinton yesterday, Greg rolled out the new uh, mission statement of First Christian Church. 
And, you know, every organization has a mission statement. And he kind of talked about why we have a mission statement um, and what exactly that looks like for the church. We've always had a mission statement um, that was given by Jesus, uh, thankfully. But um, we reworded it, uh, which kind of wordsmithing isn't super... Uh, exciting when you're when you're told that it, we kind of changed the verbiage but um, he kind of explained why he kind of told us why the leadership has decided to change some of the wording and as a millennial in a postmodern world I would say that the world has changed quite a bit in the last 10 years and so I am really excited that the leadership here at FCC has decided to tackle this and I hope you are too so all that said, here is episode seven. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. This is episode seven. Seven? Seven. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. Unbelievable. I was, t- I was telling people this weekend that the this whole new podcasting adventure really has been fun for I, me. I love it. I really do. I do. Well, uh, we are going to talk about your message yesterday. Okay. Um, I heard a lot of great feedback on just church in general. Um, I think people were really moved, and I think that's what people are looking for. Well, you know, I think we were in kind of a odd, multiple-week situation where you had really bad weather the first and third Sundays in December. Then on Christmas, we just did the one service. And then on New Year's, we just did the one service. So I felt like yesterday, a whole bunch of people, especially second service, were back. Sanctuary was really full, but I thought it was a good day. I mean, I thought anytime you talk mission, anytime you talk about why we exist, um, it should be exciting. It should be compelling. And, you know, second service, we had a baptism, which mm-hmm. I thought was great. Yeah. Had a powerful testimony from a, from a church member. Uh, I thought it was a great day. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Yeah. Uh, the whole sermon was kind of on this new mission statement mm-hmm. that the church has. And you went into it basically saying, it's the same mission. Right. We just reworded it. Right. Why in the world would you take time to reword it? Well, because I think it's like the Wheaties illustration. The Wheaties cereal has been the same for 100 years. The, the packaging changes all the time. And Ken Klein, Adam Brucker, Samuel Green worked really hard to say, you know, we've not updated our mission statement at the time. It had been nine years. Now it's going on 10 years. You know, is there a better way of communicating this similar truth, this, uh, this consistent truth? And so before uh, we rolled it out, the old mission statement was that we exist to glorify God and to win the lost and to teach the saved. And it's on our bulletin and we have a banner that that we had printed. And the the new mission statement is very similar. And it's that we um, exist as a church to love God and to build the church and to reach the world. And I I, I love it, quite frankly. So the last time, the current mission small well, i guess it's not current anymore it's yeah. outdated but right. the old mission statement was 10 years old um i think 2007 so i would say nine years when we started okay. working on it we're okay. going on 10 years yeah okay. this all came about as a result of our elder staff retreat you'll remember I back in march at the kiara center one of my favorite yep. places in Loved central it. illinois and we started talking values and vision and mission and one of the things that I'm excited about for 2017 is starting on January 22nd, we're going to roll out 10 core values that define us, 10 core values that, that drive us. 
And as a result of that, I think people are going to better understand what are the passions of the people of First Christian Church of Clinton, what, what drives us. But in the midst of all of that, it all has to be focused on mission. One of the things that I said yesterday that I, I had some people, I think, kind of uh, confused to hear me say it. It would be possible to have a year of compelling sermons at our church and never talk Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, do a month on the heroin crisis, do a month on poverty, do a month on bullying, which is a huge issue. Um, do, do a month on you know important social issues and never dive in to Jesus. We're followers of Jesus. And uh, it just reminded me we have to always be on mission. Good point. Good point. Well, um, the mission statement, love yep. God, build mm-hmm. the church, mm-hmm. reach the world. Yep. Out of those three, mm-hmm. are there any areas that we as a body of believers could improve on? Well, I think all three we could improve on. But I think the area that we are without a doubt the weakest is reach the world. Okay. I, I think we do a decent job in this arena of loving God, of glorifying God. Um, worship would be kind of the key word, but I don't want people to think 815 service or 1045 service. You know, it's much more of a whole life worship. My life is a living sacrifice. Uh, I think we do a good job when it comes to building the church. We're not perfect, but I think there's opportunities to grow in your faith. There's opportunities to impact your community, to have a footprint in your community. When it comes to reaching the world, too many people at this church and too many people at every church take a pass and say that's somebody else's job. Mm-hmm. That's not my job. Um, I'll live my faith out sharing my faith. I don't know about that. I think we do a great job, not a good job, but a great job of building monthly mission partners all over the globe. And I think a lot of people say, see, we're reaching the world. I think it's more than that. I really do. More than just writing a check. Absolutely. Yep. I think you need to write the check. But I think we also need to say, what what am I doing as a follower of Jesus in January of 2017 to help reach my world for Christ? And for most people, that doesn't mean getting on an airplane and going you know, across the world. It means walking across the street or engaging people that are already right here in my context. And that's where people get really nervous. And I guess the the challenge here then would be that if there isn't anyone in your life that you're like, well, shoot, I don't know who in my life needs Jesus. Yeah. Um, that means then you need to lean into the life of somebody oh. in your workplace, your yep. neighbor, family. Yep. You really need to lean in and try to get to know who they are. Let me say it like this. If you could not come up with a single name yesterday during the message of someone that needs the hope of Jesus, you are too much in the Christian bubble, and you need to change that. Yeah. You, you need to make time and create opportunities to be salt and to be light. Now, I'm not talking about you take your NIV study Bible and you smack somebody up the head with it. That's not what I'm talking about. But that you engage with non-Christians. You spend time with people who are not people of faith. And I think in our world today, there there's several ways you can do that. Obviously, one way is just relationally at the coffee shop or at the break room or at basketball practice, whatever it may be. But with technology, you know, we engage with people through social media. We can engage with people. Are chat rooms even a thing anymore? I mean, just message I mean, boards. I haven't even heard that term. Yeah, I know. I'm taking you back, buddy. But <laughs> message boards, maybe. I, I think there are ways that you can engage people 
um, when it comes to faith and, and be out there, you know, be out there for Jesus. For the adults that are listening, um, I'll, I'll mention something here. Please. Um, we had a high school student mm-hmm. who made a post on Facebook probably about a week and a half ago now. Okay. She had four of her peers reach out to her. Okay. Um, intrigued by her what appears in her post as strong faith. She okay. was practicing some spiritual disciplines on her own. Okay. She had four peers reach out to her asking questions about her Christian faith. Yeah. She reached out to me yeah. because um, yeah. she wasn't quite sure how to navigate she those conversations. Yeah. yeah. But the thing that she learned was I can use my social media yeah. in a very positive way. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right. Hey, let's uh, go ahead and move on to uh, Mark chapter 12. You mentioned some verses out of that chapter during yeah. your sermon. Yeah. Um, kind of the question that boiled in my mind was, I, I would like to hear you give us an example an example of where you personally have struggled yeah. making God number one. Well, and let me just give you the context for Mark 12. Jesus was asked a question, what's the greatest of all the commandments, by someone that was familiar with the law. The, the person asking the question assumed Jesus was going to respond with one of the Ten Commandments. He didn't. He responded with the Shema from Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is close to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so the, the point that Jesus was making is the most important commandment, the most important thing you can do is love God with all you have, heart, soul, mind, and strength. I think for me personally, I've never wrestled with loving the Lord your God. Uh, I've never wrestled negatively with loving the Lord my God with all my mind. I've never laid awake at night and thought, is there a God? Now, I know there are people that have that wrestling, but I think for me, it would probably be, believe it or not, in the area of strength. I think I get sidetracked um, at, at times in, in the sports arena, I think I get sidetracked at times recreationally. I think sometimes I can put too much of an emphasis, too much of a, of a stock in things that really don't matter. I can get too fired up at a referee's call. You, you know? mean majoring in the minors? Majoring in the minors. We heard about that second <laughs> yeah. service. But I think it's different for everyone. You know, I think for some people, it's loving the Lord their God with all their heart. To where it is the the drive for more and more material possessions and money that gets in the way of their faith, you know. I, I think for some people it is the mind, and there's a, there's an intellectual battle. Doubt really creeps in. I think the point that Jesus was trying to make is a hard point, and that is your most important relationship has to be your relationship with the Lord. And I think when you're a father, when you're a parent, when you're a friend, when you're a son, that that's hard. To do that sometimes, you know? Um, what is a spiritual discipline that has helped you put Jesus back on the throne of your life? You know, you mentioned yep. how you struggle with the mm-hmm. strength area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. recognize that in your life, what is a, a spiritual discipline that really... You know what's helped me you? more than anything is silence and solitude, believe it or not. That's the same thing for me. It really is. And, and for me, I struggle to not talk. I struggle to be quiet. I'm a high eye on the disc profile. I'm a 
extrovert. I love to be in the conversation. Um, I don't want to eat lunch by myself. You know, I, I want to be a person that's around people. And the greatest thing that's helped me is regularly practicing silence and solitude. Now, closely related to that is a discipline that I learned as a kid, and it's benefited me, and that's memorization of scripture and having these scriptures that I'm able to recall when I find myself in a situation and being able to be reinforced by God's word. That's interesting. As you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, okay, in my young 25 years of life, I have already seen how I have evolved as far as how I connect best with God. When I was really growing exponentially in my faith, corporate worship was huge for me. You know, uh, tapping into the Christian radio and the music industry truly for the first time was huge. And now, uh, just to be honest, yeah. my mind Not is so, much. so programmed. Yeah. Like like our, our Sunday morning worship services, I really struggle at times because my mind is so programmed to the timing of things yeah. that the way I connect best with God is me in the side room of my house with a little fire going, no music anymore. Cup of coffee. Cup of coffee in my Bible. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Nobody yeah. else in the room. Yeah. For me, Cody, I've started going, I, I can't bike. I could. I don't bike this time of the year. I can't run. And if I don't have some sort of exercise, I really, I think, struggle with mild depression, quite honestly. So one of the things I'll do this time of the year is I'll go on these kind of marathon walks these eight mile walks, these nine mile walks. I used to take my phone and my headphones and listen to music and listen to sermons. Honestly, I've started leaving all that stuff and just practicing silence and solitude, clearing my mind, meditating. And I know that sounds so out there and so non-masculine. It's really helped me in multiple arenas of life. It really has. Absolutely. Well, hey, you mentioned, you use this term, yeah. whole life Worship, right? And you right. wanted to make sure that we were not limiting our definition of worship through songs, yeah, through or the service, choir, right, right, worship service, right. Um, how can whole life worship become a reality in our everyday life? Well, what I would say is it's a lot easier to practice worship at eight fifteen on Sunday morning than at eight fifteen on Monday morning or 8.15 p.m. on Friday evening. That's the point that I'm trying to make. And I think when you find yourself in a crisis situation, let's say you have a tyrant for a boss. And I know a lot of people in our church have come to me and they've said, I'm really struggling in the workplace. And when you go in with the woe is me, man, my life is awful, God, you know, take this thorn in the flesh from me and you're downcast and your countenance is, is a negative countenance, um, I wouldn't call that an act of worship. But when you say, you know what, I'm going to live strong for Jesus, despite everything that I'm dealing with. If the boss, if he or she's going to be a negative Nelly, I'm going to be a positive Paul. I'm going to do everything <laughs> I can to try to brighten the day. That's an act of worship that I would say. And, and I think that it warms the heart of God. I, I really do. So I actually had uh, someone talked to me over the weekend and they were in their personal time not even connected to your sermon yeah this is before sunday yeah um they talked about how you know i'm still trying to figure out how and it's a young person uh, hasn't been in the workforce full time that long yeah um still trying to figure out how do i uh, live my life sacrificially for for christ when i work eight to four 
and I then I get home, I gotta do dinner, then the husband gets home late, he's eating dinner without me, and then the laundry still needs to get done, mm-hmm. and then you go to bed at 8.30 o'clock and do it all over again. Yeah. When yeah. your day is like that, uh-huh. what does a day like that look like when you're trying to live your life sacrificially? Well, like, and I think a lot of it is attitude. Quite frankly, how, how do you approach your day? I mean, Cody, we all have days like that, and they are draining kind of days. Marla and I, we've rolled out this Bible reading challenge for 2017, and Marla was sharing with me that she's going to still do her Jesus Calling Devo in the morning, but she's going to do her Bible reading every evening before bed. And I said, why don't we do it together? Why don't we read to one another and go through it together? And I think that that is something that you work at, that, that you strive to to carve out time and to make that happen. Who's to say that as you're doing laundry, you can't take time to try to be able to grow in your faith and try to develop in your faith. And it may mean sacrifices. It may mean that you watch one less television show. You know, it may mean that you spend 20 minutes less on Facebook. But I, I, I think that that is, is the idea that all that I do, every part of my life is an act of worship to the Lord, not that I've got my faith arena that I give God a couple hours a week and then it's the rest of the life. That's the club mentality and too many people have bought into the club mentality. I think the challenge that I'll give those that are listening is how can you find ways to bridge what Greg preaches on Sunday mornings and is trying to teach us as a church and how can we bring that into our workday and our family life? Yeah. Um, yeah. How can you, you know, with this lady that was talking to me about the laundry, how can you fit what you're being taught at church into the task of laundry? Um, maybe that is doing your neighbor's laundry or something. I don't know. I'm just trying to think yeah. outside the box. Um, I don't have an answer for anyone listening, but... Let me give you this. I won't name the person because I don't have permission to share it, but a newer member of our church that grew up here, moved away, now they've moved back, reached out to me, and she said, my husband and I want to take our kids, and we want to do something to bless people on Christmas Day. We're doing Christmas celebrations different times, and we would love to go to a homeless shelter and help feed people are we oh, loving that's awesome isn't that awesome and and that's kind of what they were saying is christmas is great christmas is wonderful but we want to be able to use this as an opportunity to teach our children to grow as a family in this idea of whole life worship and i that's, loved it so awesome. much i wanted to do it but we already had a family <laughs> we already had a family yeah, thing scheduled awesome. that day but just thinking outside the box i mean that's a christmas they'll never forget yeah. would be my guess yeah that's awesome all right, well, hey, um, towards the end of your sermon, yep. you talked about something that I would say is uh, hard for okay. me. Okay, yep. Um, how do we take captive our thoughts? And you cited scripture from 2 Corinthians on this. Yep. On kind of the mind and the power of the mind. Yep. What, what's that look like? Pa- Paul talked about taking captive every thought. And the point that I was trying to drive home is that we can't live out our faith solely on an emotional level solely on a spiritual level. I think we have to acknowledge that there's an intellectual component. And I think for too many people, and, and I will tell you, I am pre-modern. I don't know if you know what that means or not, but yes, if, I if, do. if I were to Great. describe <laughs> if I were to describe the way my faith has always worked for me is God said it, I believe it, 
that settles it. That's kind of a pre-modern mindset. And I'm good with that. I really am. I've never thought, man, I wish I had more of a modern mind or more of a postmodern mind. And I'm postmodern modern, everybody. So. And I think a lot of people in your generation would be more modern or probably, honestly, yeah. more postmodern. And so when the big issues arise, I think there is a real wrestling with it. Yeah. And I think the, um, you know, Andy Stanley just wrote an article, and I'm a big Andy Stanley fan, that basically said, the Bible tells me so isn't enough anymore for many people. We can't just proof text and say, just deal with it. You know, it's in the Bible. Now, I struggle because the Bible is a source of authority, but this idea of taking every thought captive, this idea of, of digging in intellectually, digging in and, and making that an act of worship, of basically saying, I, I will, without a doubt, not settle for flippant answers or for easy answers, but I'll try to tackle tough issues. And on the flip side, if you don't do that, then what are you doing? Mm -hmm. uh, what the music you're listening to, the, the TV, the articles, the books that you're reading, what kinds of thoughts and messages are creeping into your mind that are not uh, Jesus approved? Right, mm -hmm. right. So, absolutely. absolutely. Of, I mean, it absolutely will come out into your life. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. What what goes in comes out. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, hey, Greg, Cody, do you have anything else that you would like to to share with the listeners? Well, I would just like to throw something in. You know, I do a weekly blog where I share just a you know a, a ton of information and updates, and we don't want to regurgitate that during the podcast. But one thing I really want to promo this coming Sunday is going to be a special day. Adam will be preaching his final sermon as a ministry staff member. And then at 9.30, we're going to honor both Adam Brucker and Karen Rice. Really hope people will come out, show them love. There'll be a basket where if you want to leave a card and or a gift for them, and I would absolutely endorse that. Both have given years and years of ministry to our church. Um, that's this Sunday, January 15th. 9.30 a.m. And if you're curious as to what might get served there, yes. you can check out episode five. Oh, that's right. When we interviewed Adam, I asked him yes. what kind of like yeah. snack refreshment could we expect. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. Well, I think they were trying to make him very Karen <laughs> and nice. Adam friendly. Very nice. So that means there's going to be some good coffee at least, all right, right? All right. Yeah, there better be. All right. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening. You uh, listened to episode seven of the Monday Morning Recap podcast, and uh, we will see you at church this Sunday.